Welcome to the fuck truck. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Alien Familiar RPG Podcast. I am Clayton. I'm Nina. I'm Alanis Morissette. Uh, I'm also Alanis Morissette. What? That's ironic. Whoa, how ironic. <laughs> you got the Kyles in the house. I'm KP. I'm KD, and, and all I need is a knife, but... I got 10,000 10, spoons. spoons. Yep. Before we get started, I just want to remind our listeners that you can find show notes and more at alienfamiliar.com. Email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, and I'm on Discord, and all of this other information that I go over every single week. Um, we also have a Patreon, so please support us if you like our content and want to help us out with coast with hosting cost. I said coasting again; that's twice in a row. It's all right, you know. Maybe we we, we are we are certainly coasting, uh, you know, and they could help us not coast. So uh, I think it's if like we're a, coasting, should I get out and push? Yeah, put it in neutral. Just no, that's a Star Wars quote. Should I get out and push? It's like a deep cut. Yeah, we're doing Star Wars, guys. Yep, talking about using Star Wars as a campaign setting in your games. Man, I thought that was a really good segue. I guess I, I guess I'm. I think you're just too big of a fan. Are you losing ah, your edge? I'm losing my edge. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many other things you could have said too. I just, I like, didn't realize that was a deep cut quote. So, do any of us really like Star Wars? I, I don't I think hate so. It. Hate Star uh, Wars. You know, I think that at some point you just lose what uh lose what makes it special to you. Uh, you've always been more of a Star Trek boy anyway, KD, it's, haven't you? Uh, yeah, you know, I really like uh, Chris Pine as <laughs> Captain Kirk. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. Oh, God. I, I, man, let me tell you guys, um, the Star Wars, it, it really means a lot to me. And, like, like that one guy, uh, like, the, the, like, remember, remember, like, TR8, like, TR, like, I think they call it, like, oh, I'm traitor. <laughs> I love that storm, that storm guy. And, um, let me tell you about my favorite android, um, B, BB8. He's a little, he looks like a little beach ball, and I love him for that. And, oh my god, I have a porg hanging from my car. I love Star Wars. Do you know why, do you know why this doesn't work? Why? Because those movies are good. No, they're not! Ugh, gross. Ugh, disgusting. You take that back. Well, I mean, obviously, my favorite Jedi moment, uh, was when Luke, like, really hammer home a metaphysical point, goes over to this weird, like, space cow thing mm-hmm. ah! and uh, grabs it by the nipples and looks into the camera and just squirts it squirts straight down his throat and he you know loves what? it you he loves it, every you, that was just a callback to when we first met him when he was just a lowly farmer you're mm-hmm. right blue yeah. milk yeah. except it wasn't blue it was yeah. like green and gross you say that, but that was just, like, Mark Hamill dicking around on the set. Like, he found that thing, and he's like, oh, we're like, putting this in the scene. <laughs> Destroy my image of Luke Skywalker, why don't you? And then he did it, and fucking, uh, whatever the fuck the director's name was, that... Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson's just like, mm, roll the cameras. Perfect. God, I love the way this is subverting expectations. Are your expectations subverted? Uh, yes. Huh. Good. Anyway. Me too, Ryan Johnson. Now that that's over with, I gotta get that out of my system. Uh, out of my star system. Hey, how many parsecs did that take you? Uh, <laughs> well, parsecs is actually a, a unit of speed, so not distance. Well, that doesn't, no, <laughs> what? No, he, that's, what? The idea is that, like, the Kessel Run can be made 
and and if you do it in a in like like find a shortcut, then it's then it's quicker by going shorter distances. And so by him making it in what was it twelve parsecs, like he found a quick way through. You know, like if I, like a direct path. Are we gonna go into how it was talking about how he's very good at maneuvering the the ship, ship and not about how fast he was going? Yeah. Or can we just let like assume that everybody knows that already and please move on? <laughs> um. I assume, obviously, as a Star Wars fan, I'm tired. That, that everyone that's not me, or like one or two close, close as trusted associates whom I've vetted extensively, knows nothing about Star Wars. And that is the beauty of Star Wars: is that all of this shit that we've been talking about that we love and we hate, you can incorporate that into your campaign. It's true. Or you can not. You can leave it all away. You can never think about that fucking tit-sucking Luke Skywalker ever again. <laughs> and so that's what we're getting at here today, folks, is love or hate Star Wars or, or some weird nostalgia, whatever you got. If you're running a game, it's, I think, and I'll, I'll, I'll lay the cards on the table here, one of, if not the best universe to run a game in. Well, that's wrong, but <laughs> okay. I, I respect, no, no, I respect your opinion on let's, that. Let's go. What do you, what do you got? Uh, well, okay, we're, we're here to talk about Stargate SG-1, everybody. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you know, I realize now that my point of... Because I'll get right into it then. My my One of the reasons I like Star Wars, uh, besides just liking Star Wars, as a tabletop universe, is I feel like you can run any sort of genre or any sort of type of game in it. And I hadn't really thought about this, but KP is right. SG-1 has that same strength. No, I was just yanking your leku, Kyle. Um, I, Star Wars is a great fucking setting to run a game in. I would run or play a Star Wars game at the drop of any hat, helmet, or other appropriate Star Wars spaced head covering. I can't keep doing this. I think I need to walk away. I was being real. No, I was being real there. No, like, I, I agree with you. It's a great It was a leku that. comment that just drove me over the That's edge. a good one, right? It's pretty good. I thought about that for a while. <laughs> You know, if you pull a, a Twi'lek Leku, uh, it actually gives him permanent brain damage. Like, it's like if you pull it too hard. Like, wow. You know, like a little, little tugs, like a little, like, so is that kinky like thing. Autoerotic asphyxiation? Like, you, you go too much, you're gonna die. A little bit. Wow. Because there's a character in, uh, that in the EU that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had her Leku, like, cut off, and now she's insane. Which is apparently how that works. Hmm. Okay. EU, EU being extended universe. Not the European Union. <laughs> <laughs> the European Union. She voted against Brexit, just so you know. Thank God. God bless her. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we, we've just been doing the, the two-man routine over here, but let's let's get some opinions from the rest of the table. Oh, I... me. <laughs> oh, okay. You're just making these really big, creepy eyes of me. Uh, the person who's played one Star Wars game. And you liked it. You it's liked it. It's a fond it. memory. It's a fond memory. Do it. <laughs> Well, that was uh, well. Darth Darth Perkins over here. Uh, he's doing his thing. You do to your thing. Bullied on this podcast. Well, I kind of think that it doesn't really matter how many times you run it. It's more what you get out of the setting. I think most of us love some aspects of the setting. And what for you guys? What do you think are like the most essential things that make Star Wars Star Wars? Uh, for me, I like it's definitely having the Jedi somewhere, and having the Force be a presence in in the universe. About to say world, but that doesn't apply. And just being able to go in like very in fantasy terms, just being able to uh, go from one place to another 
that is completely different in little to no actual in-game time. Like in the movies, they treat space travel like it's us just going down to the local chemist shop, even though in the universe is in such an incredibly big place that you can't even really fathom the, the amount of time that it would take to go from place to place. But here, it's all just a really... Like, you don't have to worry about a lot of the things that you have to worry about with, like, hard sci-fi. You, it has all the sci-fi trappings, but you also have that that fantasy basis because it's set a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's really a melding of, like, sci-fi and fantasy with a big heavy hand in the fantasy realm of it. And I think that a lot of gamers... Like, well, there's a reason why Dungeons and Dragons is the most popular role-playing game, and Star Wars goes along so well with that because it is so heavily influenced by fantasy. That's a fair point. Um, other sci- sci-fi universes uh, that are more hard sci-fi, like it, it's a little harder maybe to incorporate certain elements from a traditional D&D game into that, but because Star Wars is heavily fantasy you also have this ability to, like, channel what makes D&D popular in that, too, which I think is interesting. So what do you find uh, essential to running a Star Wars game, you know? Like, if you were going to play in a Star Wars game, rather, what would you expect to find? What would you hope to find? I, in, in, in the setting? Yeah, like, like, in the game. Like, if you're showing up to the table for a Star Wars game, what, what do you hope's going to be there? Well, that's, that's the thing, like, the, the, the setting isn't... <clears throat> Like, the Jedi being somewhere is, is also um, something that, like, I find, like, you can't have a Star Wars game without mentioning them. But it's not the setting for me, it's the story. Like, if, I, if I'm in a, if I am in a um, Star Wars game, I want the story to have some trappings of, like, moral questions. Because that's what I've always liked about Star Wars. Like, it is, like, there is good and there is bad, and that's it. Except no, because that's not, what, like, like the, the stories subvert that every single time. And I think that, like, putting... It's, it's dorky, but, like, I, I want there to be the, that philosophy in the, in the Star Wars games I'm in. Would you say that you want your expectations to be subverted? Well, not by Ryan Johnson, but... Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't... Oh, God, can you imagine Ryan Johnson running a, a D&D game? Well, oh. it sounds like the, the, the fucking filming of, the, of that movie was basically just Ryan Johnson running a fucking D&D game. <laughs> um, something I think, when I think Star Wars and, and, and an RPG that I... My sort of key, like, integrator, I guess, uh, is a ship with a cast on it. And some of that's probably the PCs, but, you know, there's probably a couple NPCs in there, too. But that, to me, is, is like, a, a, sort of a descriptor of Star Wars, you know. Everybody's on a ship. It's, you know, and you got your kind of roguish characters on there. I don't know. <clears throat> that, that to me, says Star Wars, and you're, and you're moving. I think Star Wars is not... You could definitely do a static Star Wars campaign, but I think... Having that ship, having that freedom to move to different places gives the GM a chance to, like, come up with cool locations and cool set pieces. And Because, again, Star Wars is, is movement. Aside from, like, the recent couple films, you know, they're always taking place at different locations. The characters are usually, like, kind of scattered. So I think movement's a big part for me. Mm-hmm. For me, it's some sort of mystery. You know, wait, there's a rebellion out there that is, you know, fighting against this douchey empire that we have to live under the jackbooted heels of? Uh, holy shit, there's a fucking forge that can pump out, like, super weapons that, like, some people built, like, hundreds of thousands of years ago? 
Um, there's an artifact. There's a weird old lightsaber in a cave, like holocrons. That that shit is Star Wars to me. At least, like maybe the most, like the biggest thing. If I were gonna run a game or play in a game, uh, I want some kind of like mystery discovery of some sort. And also spaceships. Star Wars spaceships are pretty <laughs> fucking rad. X-wings are a big wolf whistle. Maybe that's the wrong term to use. Ooh, it is not. Is it a dog whistle or is it not? I don't define I, dog whistle dog, in, in a modern context. Dog whistle, context. as in the things that you wouldn't be able to like. Like it's used in the context for like Nazis. Like Nazis will see this and um, see oh. that it's um it's 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 like a part of like that culture. But other people who are not Nazis wouldn't notice it because it's it's silent to them like a dog. Oh whistle. no 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 wrong term then yeah used the wrong way that's why I was just forget about it. You're about to, if this is the hottest take, but if you can tell me that X-Wings are, that no, is no. the most interesting thing X-wings I've ever heard in my are, life. X-Wings are a symbol of hope. Ah. Putting it out there. They're, they're, they're a rallying cry that lets you know, oh, this is a Star Wars thing. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of times where I'm not super, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, feeling weird about a movie, and then they put, like, an X-Wing out there, and I'm like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Why the X-Wing specifically? I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, I think for me it's just because of, like, like, 4 is the most memorable movie for me, and this is a set we don't have to get into this now, <laughs> but such a big part of 4 is that ending scene where the X-Wings and the, y- and the Y-Wings are taking mm-hmm. the uh, the Death Star. And so, I'll, I'll always, like, that scene sticks with me. That's probably the most memorable Star Wars scene for me, is that is the Battle of Yavin. And, like, I don't know. So, for whatever, I think for that reason, X-Wings just jump out to me, and they're like, yep, Star Wars. That's that's Star Wars. Like, I could go, I could go anywhere and be like, X-Wings, Star Wars. You know? More so than, like, more so even than the Millennium Falcon, I think. Which is strange. So I know that's a big one. For I me. like the Millennium Falcon, but it's it's like so much more tied in to Han Solo. It's so much a part of his character, which is why I said that I like ships in Star Wars. Like you're you're characterized by what ship you have or what ship you give the party. And for me, like that that is intrinsically linked to Han Solo. Whereas X Wings are like you you see some X wings engaging their S foils and fucking going into attack mode, and you're just like, boom, yeah, woo. Yeah, for for me, I think it's because um, like the the, the X wings versus the Millennium Falcon is that Star Wars stories are always stories of like rebellion and like. Wait, you a rebel? Anyway, I associate <laughs> that, rebel? And that. No, and that's what gets me hyped about a Star Wars movie, like even the new ones. Yeah. And um, the X wings are associated with the rebellion, whereas the Millennium, Millennium Falcon is Han Solo. Mr. Solo. Which I don't really associate with the Rebellions at all. Like, the, the Rebel Forces. I should, but... Han Solo is a rebel. So we've talked about what makes, what what are essential for us to think of, or to have in a Star Wars game. If you were to run a game, like, what what are the different time periods that it can play? We've got not only with the content that is available in all of the movies and the TV series... And the comic books and the novels and every other video games, all this other media that is available, which is spanning in the course of this universe, like thousands of years. I think that's one of the things that's most unique about Star Wars is that you have this big, huge window of play of times that you can play it. And what do you think is like the times that you would like to play in? Like, are you, are you really fascinated with the, rebellion era with where you're fighting the emperor are you most fascinated by like 
the like immediately after episode six, where the emperor is dead, the empire is on the verge of collapse, but the rebels still have a fight that they have to like. Just because the emperor is dead doesn't mean that all of the trappings of the empire are going to just collapse then in and of themselves. Like what what eras really spark your creativity for coming up with for wanting to play the game? For me, you literally hit the nail on the head when you mentioned after episode six. Like I started bouncing in my seat. That is my favorite thing to think about in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. The old republic, all the way, every day. Think about it. The old republic. You've got you've got Star Destroyers. <laughs> you've got X Wing. Wait a minute. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> they they were at least in in Kotor. They were pretty good about having some more diverse. Like ship designs, yeah, like the the Republic cruisers in Coder, Coder uh, <laughs> was um, they're kind of cool. They're kind of like hammerhead looking, mm-hmm. and I was I remember playing that game when it came out and being like, damn, that's a cool looking like ship design. So I just I like that the old Republic uh, feels so. Um, do you mean diverse. like old 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 Republic, or do you mean <laughs> old Republic? Like, are we talking, like, prequels Old Republic, Jesus. or are we talking, like, KOTOR Old Republic? No, uh, when you, okay, Star Wars eras per the fandom are the Old Republic, I forget what they call the prequels. It's Old Republic. Um, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's so not. There is a special <laughs> name for because that era. The... And now we have to look this up, because this is an important thing for talking about. This is about Star Wars. Wars. This is you like a... To know. <laughs> this is a microcosm. <laughs> Um, there's the Galactic Civil War. Clayton, you miscalled that. Uh, there's... <laughs> yeah, it, motherfuckers! It's called the Rise of the Empire Era, you piece of shit. Fuck you. Yeah, but the government's the Old Republic. We've got Before the Republic, which is stupid, no one should talk about that. We've got the Old Republic, which is 25,000 to 1,000 years BBY before the Battle of Yavin, not to be confused I... with BBC. We've got Rise of the Empire Era, which is 1,000 to 0, the Battle That's of Yavin. That's a long period for an empire to rise. Palpatine was probably only born in the last, like, 100 years of that. What do they do for the other 900 years? I think we're. Really, I don't know. Uh, we're, we've, we've really clarified why I don't hang out with people who want to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> 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 we got it. <laughs> just moved past that. Um, for me, I like the uh, my my personal favorite's always been the Legacy uh, comic series. Actually, really, uh, which is like like two hundred years after Return of the Jedi or something crazy like that. And I just like it because you've it's far enough away that there are like callbacks to characters and stuff from the, you know, the movies and stuff, but that stuff's all kind of played out. You have, like, a new set of galactic circumstances, got all this other fun stuff going on, and, yeah, I don't know, it's always just been a really nostalgic kind of thing for me, you know, I just really like, sort of, uh, you know, you got, like, Sith are organized into a government, Jedi are organized mm-hmm. into a government, you know, you got, like, a, an empire that's not totally shitty, uh, imp- okay, honestly, no, I'm gonna be honest, Imperial Knights... Light side using, like, Imperial Jedi, kind of. Best thing about Legacy. Hands down, the only reason why I think it's the best. They're so cool. It's not bad at all. So cool. Uh, But yeah, no, I always really like that one. Those comics are are fun. I just realized that I really like Star Wars because of the political intrigue. <laughs> the, like the that's, 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 where I, that's where I've landed. Aggressive negotiations. Well, see, that's why I don't. So you're, you're sort of like a like a Jar Jar type. Thing. No, I'm not. But that's why I don't like. That's, that's literally why I don't hate the prequels as much as everybody else. Because like Padme's out here doing politics, and I'm like, yeah, I love it. Trade negotiations, and you're like, hell yeah, give me more. <laughs> very big nerd. I, I'm still astounded that 
as an the era defining like up to the Battle of Yavin for a thousand years is Rise of the Empire. Like yeah. I mean maybe it's the most significant thing that happened in that time period, but like still it's not like it was happening gradually over a thousand years. Like I refuse to believe that. And anyone that's listening to this Rome can, wasn't built in a day. Rome wasn't built in a day. But all roads do lead to Rome, just like all <laughs> roads apparently lead to the all, rise all of the Empire. All hyperlanes lead to Coruscant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So, I mean, it's just so mind-boggling to me. Like, y- you couldn't have come up with a better term for that than, like, I, I don't know. That would be like, because even if you look at Rome, <laughs> that would be like calling um, the, the period from um, uh, 939 to 1939, Rise of the Nazis. Yeah! <laughs> like, oh no! No, you're totally right. <laughs> well, you've got the collapse of the Holy Roman Empire, and then you've it got the fracturing all. of all the. You're right, and then the Prussian militarism. Yeah. Oh my God! Is, is it not as ridiculous as we thought? State, and then it, you've got. Well, now is now is, imagine like two thousand years from now. That's what that time period to be called. Oh Rise of the Nazis. man! Anyway, Rise of the Reich. Rise of the Reich. That's better. Ooh, that's oh, a very Star on. Wars sounding. Come on, everyone. Thing. We can be better. Than <laughs> Clayton, this. what's your favorite era? Um. Well, I described it whenever I said, like, the immediately after episode six. Like, that's, yes! that's the thing I most want to, that's what I most want to explore is, like, does the empire collapse in the way that the Roman Empire collapsed? That's the way I want to see the empire fracture and the, um, the rebels fighting against all of these other local warlords Mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. have all this power that they're not willing to give up. They're still as tyrannical as the Emperor ever was, sometimes even more so. And the big bad is dead, but we have all of these other people who are vying for power. That's I want to know. I want to know which demagogues rise to power. <laughs> I want to know what, like, if the, if there is a um, infractions, um, if there are fract- um, a fracturing of, of the rebel forces, like there were after um, the civil rights movement. I want to know. Yeah, like, what government did they set up? They set up a new republic, but like, what, like, how do they get there? You know, there's two answers to that question. They're very different. <laughs> <laughs> Looks down. But I just want to point out that, like, in our responses, we've kind of ignored the most recent Star Wars movies. Ah, yeah, right. True. So. Whenever I was thinking about this topic, I I realized that I don't incorporate the new Star Wars movies when I think about Star Wars. I I can say I enjoyed the new Star Wars movies, but when I think of Star Wars, that's not a part of my my mental image of Star Wars. Yeah, I don't think about Death Star 14 and 15. Uh, I don't think about how there's some weird... Uh, what the hell are they called? The the First Order? Mm-hmm. None of that factors in my brain when I think about Star Wars. I don't think about Rey and Poe and other monosyllabic characters... <laughs> Finn. Huh. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> That's strange. I, I don't think about how it all kind of sounds like a 14-year-old sort of like fan fiction about Star Wars and how oh, there's like okay. a new Death Star. And I don't think about any of that because it's boring and it's really bad. And if you're thinking about it, listeners, you're wrong. No, no, <laughs> no. Is it boring and bad or did you like, while you were watching Star Wars and while you were like growing up, 
um, with Star Wars in your heart, it ended. And then years later, when you were already an adult with like an idea of Star Wars in your head, there was a new Star Wars thing. It's boring and bad. It's not. It's boring and bad. <laughs> no, like, I legitimately disagree. I also don't consider... Like, I also don't have it linked to the other Star Wars movies and stuff in my brain. But, like, I, I'm i not out here just, like, ragging on it. Because, like, I know, like, plenty of people a little bit younger than me that absolutely love those movies and consider them part of the Star Wars uh, canon. And well, stuff they like are that. made for children, so that's to be expected. And you're, like, 12-year-olds? I said a little bit younger than me. I'm talking about, like, 18-year-olds. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually thought you said just younger than me. Because they... Okay, Clayton, go ahead. I'll stop. I'll shut up. I was 19 when The Phantom Menace came out, and it took me probably 10 years after Episode 3 to really start thinking of that prequel trilogy as, okay, maybe it is part of Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. When did, that, when did that come out? 1999? Uh, yes, okay, so I was 12 when that came out, um, and I loved it. I fucking loved episode one. So if you're 12 or 18, watching these new Star Wars movies, uh, and if you like them, um, you know what? You know what? You're fucking wrong. They oh suck. Oh my god! <laughs> they're fucking well, they're I mean, what, horrible. They're the, the shittiest films ever made. What was the movie? They're really, they're really not. What was the movie? I've seen Human Centipede 5, the unreleased version. <laughs> what was that Star Wars movie with Cassie and then Jen? Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One. I hate that movie. Can we talk about Rogue One for like five seconds? I forget about its existence unless I am actively thinking about Cassian. Which happens a lot. <laughs> no, not as much as you would think. She's I a handsome love, man. I love, I love Cassian. Are you kidding me? Um, I want to like that movie. He's like a poor man Kyle Katarn, which... He is a poor man's Kyle Katarn. That's, mm-hmm. that's not even like... That's not even so you're an saying analysis. He's like the he Kevin is. Durant. <laughs> yep. If, no, like, if, if, you... if, if, um, if Kobe Bryant yeah, is, is, the, is the Kyle Katarn... Wait. If Kyle Katarn is the Kobe Bryant in Star Wars, then I, I think Cassian Andor is the, the Kevin Hood, Durant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. KD. No, but I, that's, that's, my, that's my question. Just remember, Kyle Perkins doesn't actually know anything about basketball. He's just talking about his ass. That's my question. Uh, <laughs> what do y'all think of Rogue One in that, in that, like, in what you were just talking about? I liked Rogue One, but I also forgot it existed. So it was fun. I watched it in theaters. I liked it. Um, when it came on Netflix, I could not watch it in one sitting. Huh. Really? Yeah. Why? It just seemed like it dragged on and on and on. I agree. I just hated that last scene. The very last scene made me, like, a little bit hate the movie, but that's okay. I, I just... Okay. I'm not going to get super into this, because this is something I feel... Very strongly strong I, I remember calling uh, you after we saw it. Yeah. Long story short for me, I just feel like it, it's a story that doesn't need to be told. Like... A tale as old as time. In, in all honesty, you don't need to... I feel like it almost robs... The movies that follow it, all of them, even including the sequels, uh, of some of their sort of ingenuity because of the things that are set up in that movie. The biggest one of which is like, you know, it's, it's initially portrayed that like, hey, we found this weakness in like the Death Star plans. And we found it because, you know, it was just good people, like, just doing their jobs, like, pouring over this data that they got and they oh, just found something. Yes. Okay. And like, it's, we found a weakness, like a flaw in the armor. And then this movie's like, nope, it's one Mads dude. Mickelson. Yeah, Mad Mickelson's so mad at the emperor, the Empire that he, he he made the one flaw with this entire battle mm. station. And it just totally robs that moment of any, like, poignant, like, hey, we're this group of people doing this thing. 
we found a weakness by ourselves, not because someone put it there. Because well, because many Bothans died to get right. the plans too. Right. Where, okay. where, where well, the that's, Bothans? That's died. that's that's six. So, <laughs> like, I think I think you're wrong. Um. Oh. That's no. fair. I forgot about that. I was just thinking about how much. Honestly, here's here's my here's why I like Rogue One so much. I fucking love Cassian. He's a great character. I think he's a legitimately great character. Um, because I like the 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 Star Wars um like like a character in Star Wars that is like morally gray and justify the means type yeah. of rebel. Which is also interesting. Now that's and that's a separate topic there too because like I'm on the other side of that fence where I'm like I don't feel like morally gray stuff should necessarily be in Star Wars. You know, Star Wars is black and white. It's good versus evil. Uh, I know that gray Jedi are a thing, and I know that, like, there is definitely some wiggle room there, but I felt like that movie in particular... <laughs> oh boy, this is going to be the most arrogant elitist thing I've ever said in my it life. It is, like, hey, wait for it. Uh, that movie in particular was... Uh, sort of shaped and molded by the post-9-11 society. <laughs> oh my god, no! Okay, well, we're getting really off the rails on the subject, but, like, huh, I want to talk about that. So, we can have that conversation on a, on, off the top of, of, of the podcast, but, but yeah, I don't really remember where, where we were at. We just started talking <laughs> about Rogue One. Um, I think it was... We were talking about how we, we were um, ignoring in all of our talk, in our, our the excited sequels. talking about what we'd like to see in Star Wars games. None of us said, I sure would love to be a, what do they call him? Like a peace trooper in the, in the first order's death cult. I don't even, I don't even know what they feel calling him. I'll flip the the peace officer in the the death cult. (laughs) Um, yeah, but no, okay. I'll, I'll get, I'll get real. Yeah, let's, let's run it. I'm going to run a Star Wars game, guys. And you're going to all be members of the, ugh, I can't even do this. Come on, you can just get, yeah, it's like, it's like a, you're gonna emotion. be, you're gonna be members of the First Order, and you realize that when the Death Star, no, what do they call it? Star Laser? I actually don't well, know the, the name. The Star Killer Base. The Star Killer Base, yeah. Okay, come on, reel it in, reel it in. When you, re- when you find out that Star Killer Base has been destroyed, you're left on your own without orders, and suddenly you realize that maybe the first order way of life isn't the way to live. And okay. you might be able to go and seek out the resistance to maybe fight them on your own without orders or okay, perhaps can, join them. You can make the original Star Wars sound just as dumb. I'm just saying. Uh, I, I don't think I could. Like, we've, we've, <laughs> we've, we've literally already realized why we don't consider it part of Star Wars. Because we don't. We're old. No, it's yeah, okay, yeah. well, yeah. Let's, let's try this again. All right, you're a squad of stormtroopers. When you find out that the first Death Star has been blown up, you are you have no standing orders. This do you, is unfair. Do you you, you're, you're just, just very unfair. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say the, the one minor defense I can give of this caricature that has emerged in the scene I next hate it. Me, yeah, what's the defense? Um, Hit me up. Is at the very least, from what we've seen in the movies, uh, First Order is much more culty, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, Empire <clears> in... <throat> In the in the films, at least fleshed out through the expanded universe, you have a lot of people that are just like joining up to do their job, you know, or like 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 kind of like a military in in America, where it's like, well, I'm stuck in like space Idaho and I got nowhere to go. I'll join up with the with the troopers, you know. And so I think that there is a, more of a game there where you can explore a more humanistic element of that thing versus a first order game where like. It's this fucking cult, and you could you could have a maybe kind of a cool game of like throwing off your your. Okay, shackles, legitimately, the game I described, and it was hard for me to do that. That does sound kind of fun. 
but but still, I think that I think there's more storytelling to be found in stormtroopers versus first order. Well, I guess, but there's P- also are they peace troopers? Sorry, <laughs> they were called peace officers. I'll give you that. They were called peace officers for like two. They were called peace officers about twice, and I hated it both times. Strange. I heard it out loud. I was like, ah, no, that's what we call cops sometimes. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of stories to be found in the new ones. I, well, I'm not saying there isn't. <laughs> I, and I was about to... I, just, I was going to flip the table there and say uh, something that I actually would like to see set is that is that game that I was going to run initially uh, for this group, which was uh, about, like, after the events of however the hell this trilogy wraps up, there's no more Jedi, there's no more Sith, you're all Force-sensitive... Like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, are you going to try to rebuild stuff based off what you know? Or are you doing something completely different? And I think that's a super cool element to explore. Cause I do, the one of the few things that I still kind of like about the sequel trilogy is this weird twisting idea of like, well, you know, you got this girl that like knows nothing about the Jedi, really, but she's the only person that still follows the light side. And then you got Kylo Ren, who's just, this, like, wannabe Sith, but, like, he's, he's distorted what the Sith are, too. So you have these two people that don't really know anything about what they're supposed to, what they're supposed to represent. And, like, I like that idea a lot, and I think that could be cool to see an RPG. I, I think what's really cool about the, the new movies that could easily be translated the story is the importance of heritage. Because that, that's, that's, like, that's the whole thing of it, isn't it? With Kylo Ren and, like, the fact that we're so obsessed with who, we were so obsessed with who Ray's parents are and stuff like that. Like, I think it's an interesting thing. But. <laughs> They're nobody. Oh, I oh, fuck. Yeah, we fuck. can we can do. Oh, I don't feel like that. Well, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> oh fuck. What was it like? Poppers fucking... buried in a shallow oh, grave or God. something? What a fucking tea bag testicle on you on the faces of the fans. <laughs> I don't think I was done talking. I'm sorry. Um, I think a really interesting game to be ran is like. We always talk about wanting to do like an evil or more Laker game, but the Knights of Ren. Oh yeah, like, that is that is a remarkably interesting storyline that could easily be translated to an RPG. In in the movies, you don't know you too do, much oh, about God, them. You just, okay, so, yeah, like, fair enough. No, no, like, but I mean there. that's that's potential. That's when I when I started when we started the podcast, I was talking about how uh, you know Star Wars people a criticism they have is there's a lot of empty space, but I've always personally seen that as potential, and, and I think you're right. I think Knights of Ren has that space. Has that potential? Like you could, if you're running that game, you could do it how, like however you wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I think I, I I do kind of agree with you that there is there is things to do there, right? Um, you know. Now, with that said, like I I think you're also kind of right in that, like you know, when I was growing up, the idea of having movies after six was just, and I think you two would maybe agree with me on this, and, and you as well. Like that wasn't really an option. You, well, there was always you know, that rumor that yeah. Lucas yeah. had written scripts. Mm-hmm. That that was like a, a hot rumor in the lunchroom. Right, like, like 9, 10, and 11 might yeah. come out. Or, yeah. or <laughs> fuck, it's 7, 8, 9 might come out. God damn. Here's hoping for 9, 10, 11. <laughs> Woo! But, <laughs> it's actually a five-part series instead of a trilogy. All directed by Ryan Johnson. Oh, Lord. It would subvert your expectations. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> d- d- he would... Meta subvert my expectations. I hope we get just. I think his name's Justin Lin, director of the Fast and the Furious, in there to do one. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, uh, that didn't. Uh, that's what I yeah, call pod yeah. racing. Wasn't there? Wasn't that scene? Uh, <laughs> that yeah, that's what I call pod racing. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like I think there wasn't this idea of there's you know there's always rumors that Lucas wrote scripts and stuff, but like realistically, the idea of having stuff after six didn't seem. 
plausible. And so for me, like, I grew up reading a fuck ton of Expanded Universe stuff. I hard committed to this idea that that was just what happens. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm an adult and, like, movies are coming out that people are being like, yep, this is what actually happens at the end of, at the end of the film series. And I'm like, okay, like, oh, the interesting, I guess we'll go, we'll go figure that out. And so that's why I think I sort of hardline default if I'm telling a story after six to what I, what I grew up with and what I know. And I think that, you know, maybe in 20 years, people that grew up on the sequels are going to hard commit to, to that universe, you know? Um, Sorry, I, I, I'm gonna, I got some allergies. Forget that we all are just all crotchety old men. Hey, I've been, <laughs> no, you're... I've been very, I've been very conciliatory. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'll, I'll stop harping on it now, but I, I really, really dislike them. I just think it's so boring. It's so boring. It's like a 14 year old wrote some fan fiction. And then I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done I won't talk about well, that. Well, there anymore. was that fan fiction that was written by that woman. Shit. That, like, uh, she tried to sell it, but wait, it was just Star oh. Wars? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, I, I, I thought I was thinking of something different. No, what no. is that? Um, She basically rewrote the plot of... Was it Stephanie Meyer? Do you, no. need, do you need me to look it up? I don't remember I... her name, but she, yeah, she got sued by George Lucas because she basically wrote the plot of four, uh, and, like, changed character names around, and then was just like, this is my new original fantasy universe. Um, it's also set in space. Huh. Uh, I've not heard about that. Uh, yeah, it was wild. <clears throat> it was super crazy. I thought you were talking about that series of short stories where the Dianaga... Oh, uh, is actually the spiritual being in yeah. touch no, with the Force? No, that's yeah. like from a certain point of view, that's right? right. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't fan fiction. That was actually published. It was, it's in the canon. Griffin McElroy himself wrote a short story for, from a that's certain true. point of view. Also, what a what an Obi-Wan line. Obi-Wan, you lied to me. Well, it was true from a certain point of view. <laughs> was it... Um, Another Hope by Laurie Guerrero? Yeah, holy shit. (laughs) That's incredible. Um, The novel was originally published as fanfiction in the form of a downloadable PDF file on Guerrero's website. It became a subject of much controversy when Guerrero self-published the book through her own poetry publishing firm and offered it for sale without um, uh, authorization. But, um, yeah, that, that just sparked that in my mind. But yeah, so we were, we just, you know, and I've realized that I think this was something I was worried about this topic was we just evolve into the movies. And I think that'll happen with anything related to Star Wars or Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not SG-1. So maybe, guys, let's just switch the tables. We're talking about Stargate now. <laughs> but I think speaking about these games, regardless of what time you set it in, you know, or what the plot is, the genre you choose of the story to tell is important. You know, whether it's horror or, like, an investigative mystery um, Mm -hmm. or something. Because, like we were talking about earlier, it's not just... If you do an investigative mystery, right, and you could all be Corsac officers or something, or uh, or Corellian security? Yeah. And you're investigating, like, a a murder in the slums. But y'all have force points. So you're all inherently a bit more magical than... Scruff McGruff, the crime dog. You know? <laughs> well, he talks, Kyle. That's talking dog. <laughs> but, uh, or, or any, there's like a, an old, a PI in, you know, Hunter, mm-hmm. right? So, how do you, and, and then, much less, you could also just have a full on Jedi running around with the Corsac. So, like, how do you balance that? Is my question. Well, I think it's inherent in that. Star Wars is this big epic fantasy story that makes it inherently hard to really drill down and do a really small 
story like that while still having all of the other elements that we said are essential for the feel of Star Wars. It's not that you can't do it. It's just if you have the, if you're do, telling the story of this, um, this gritty cop who's investigating this murder in the, uh, in this city, you're not going to involve all of these spaceships. You're not going to have, mm-hmm. you don't care what's going on out <laughs> in space. You most likely aren't going to encounter any Jedi because Jedi are so, so vanishingly rare. Depending on the on the setting, yeah. yeah. But well, that and that, that, yeah, I'm I'm going to disagree. I think that 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 is highly dependent on, and and it goes back to the beauty of playing in Star Wars. Depending on the setting, there might be a Jedi. Like Jedi are so commonplace. One might be assigned, you know, like like a Fed stepping in to interfere with a local police investigation, and that could be interfere. Yeah, air quotes. Like 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 that could be like the kind of story analog there. You know, a bunch of like gritty cops, and they're like, Ah, Jesus, who the Jedi are coming in? This is our jurisdiction. Not uh, anymore. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then an like, actual pissing contest, but they use the force to like. <laughs> They're better than you already. <laughs> funny. Um, and then uh, you know the the murder the murdered uh, as they say um, could 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 be like um, you know like Naboo royalty, and then you get to go to Naboo, and there's spaceships there. I, you I you know. could spin I, uh, it into like a like a complex labyrinth that you might have to leave the planet. But but I think too, and this is the I like that the beauty of Star Wars. <laughs> um, you know you can stay on that planet, especially if it's on like Coruscant or Corellia. But the further down you go into the slums, it's it's like <laughs> this sounds terrible, but it's like a different world in mm-hmm. Star Wars, right? Like you know, well, you start to find literally like thousand year old structures somehow yeah. still powered by and, like, like there's probably mysterious like, power forces Sith and... shit down there, and Dude, like, yeah, like just like some weird old Sith zombie running around, like all desiccated, like dealing in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't fight you. He just he just says He's, sentences. He makes a lot of grand claims. Yeah. yeah. Sweeping generalizations. Um, That's the scariest part. Because then he's just like, shit will get off the pot. Because <laughs> you can't be in the middle. <laughs> Fuck, shit will get off the pot. Only a Sith deals with that. Um. <laughs> you do run the risk, though, of... Um, of bore- Unless you think about all these weird things we've just said, you could mislead your players... If you want to run a Star Wars game and you're like gonna play it totally straight, where it's just like, yep, you are um, militia on a backwater planet. Uh, it's a Star Wars game. Everyone shows up expecting tons of cool ships, and like the Empire might get involved, and they might find a Force sensitive. And you're just like, nope, this is gonna be just you guys go out. You um, there's some Nerf Tashi station. Yeah, I guess power. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. all that happens. No, you're playing Nerf yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Actually, <laughs> scruffy. That's that's wild. Like a game where you're literally like on like a moon of Naboo, and like at worst you have like some confrontations with drunk Gungans. <laughs> I mean, but like I, I guess that's the point, right? Like if you're not going to engage in like the wealth of interesting and unique and fun things about Star Wars, why run it in the Star Wars system? Hmm, that's a fair point. I, I, okay, how about this? Uh, as a one shot, I really like the idea of being like a constabulary on a backwater <laughs> planet, mm-hmm. right? But a full length campaign of like hot fuzz esque adventures with gungans and like weird shit. Like our our good friend and guest of the show, Kenneth, uh, <laughs> he's always wanted to do a one shot called uh, Tuscans on Coruscant, which is basically just like uh, a spoof on fucking what's that show? Uh, Beverly Hillbillies. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's basically just a bunch of Tusken Raiders that, like, somehow end up leaving Tatooine and end up on Coruscant. That's great. Um, But again, you wouldn't run a full-length campaign of of Tuskens on Coruscant, you know? Um, So what I'm getting at there, too, I guess, is I agree with you. If you're running a full-length campaign, you need to bring out all the stops of, like, the beauty of Star Wars. But I think for one-shots, you Mm -hmm. can just be totally... Like, my one shot was kind of set in one location. Yes. Um, um, so. This is all very valid, and I super agree. Me, personally, if I'm going to play in a Star Wars game, my mindset is, if somebody doesn't die by a lightsaber, I don't care. <laughs> is, it, is it really a Star Wars? It's like, if a tree falls in the woods, does anyone hear it? Is if no one dies by a lightsaber wound, is it really a Star Wars game? Which, you're, you're one shot, somebody died by a lightsaber, I think it was an NPC, but... Right? Someone, did I just kill somebody? Did by, did, it was you, were, you were a Jedi. Or, Clayton, I don't, did you kill somebody? There was at least anyone. there was at least a lightsaber fight, which like close enough. Yeah, does it meet <laughs> qualifications if somebody gets a limb lopped off by? Yes, a, no, absolutely. Like I, it's, it's a lightsaber on flesh. I want to personally lose my hand by a lightsaber in this Star Wars game. Or oh, else I, don't care. I just slice off my hand. Or or I want to have a gang of Twi'leks gang up on my dear dear friend, whatever your actual name was, uh, Benakal Secunda. Oh my god, you were. You were just Benny from The Mummy. No. Just because my name is Benny doesn't mean that I'm, like, Benny from The Mummy. So, yeah, to get back to the core of the question, I guess, like, balancing that I feel like is is hard, because I I, I remember when I, before I was really running games, (sighs) fuck, there was this dude that I watched named Spoonie the Bard. Uh, Spoonie. He was, like, he was old internet. Is he dead He had a meltdown. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. uh, Never heard of this guy. But he would do these, like, tabletop episodes. He, he was primarily a, like, media critic, because that was during that age of what people were doing. <laughs> critic, in air quotes. But he would have talks about, like, Star Wars, and he would talk a lot about the Star Wars game he was in, where everyone else was playing a Jedi, but he was playing a bounty hunter, like mm-hmm. a Mandalorian. And one of the biggest things that he would always mention is how the GM just, like, couldn't wrap his head around why he wasn't playing a Jedi. Um, and I'm pretty sure they were playing in, in Saga Edition. But the GM would always, like, come up to him and be like, hey, just so you know, like, I'm gonna throw a couple mooks in for you to fight while, like, you know, the Jedi and Sith go battle it out. And, like, he would talk about how in the first couple sessions, you know, when the Sith would show up, the fucking Jedi would do that thing in episode one where they, like, hold out a hand to him and they'll be like, we'll handle it. And they throw off their robes and they, like, and the Sith throw off their robes and they're all fighting with their lightsabers. And he's over there, like, in a shootout with just, like bad mercenary number one and he was so frustrated with it so he's like eventually i just started building my entire kit around like being a force sensitive killer uh and so by like the next time a fight like that rolled around and they like held up a hand to be like no we got this he was like he slapped away and he's like no like i'm gonna fight him um and he like he invested in like carbonite freezing like gauntlets and like Mm -hmm. stuff like that like stuff that lets you fight on par with a jedi Mm -hmm. and that's always stuck with me because I think that's that the way that GM handled that situation was how a lot of GMs handle that divide, where they're just like, "All right, you're playing like a Han Solo like type character, but well, we got not Qui Gon and not Obi Wan over there, mm-hmm. and, and they want to go fight not Darth Maul. Here's some battle droids. Knock yourself out." And, and in reality, I don't feel like it should it should be that way. I feel like if you kind of do things the right way, I think you can fight on even terms. I don't know. Like I, I like I played a smuggler in the D twenty version, who pretty like was force sensitive because every again everybody has force points. It's not like you don't. Well, because the force is within us; it surrounds us, penetrates us. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I was able to fight with, like, we fought, like, some Sith Acolytes. It was a short game. But, like, I, I, yeah, I didn't have a lightsaber to, like, get up there and do anything with them. But, like, you know, if uh, my character's brother was a, was a dropout Jedi... And he'd go in there with his lightsaber, and I'd just be, like, hiding behind a crate, and then I'd pop out and just use fucking rapid shot, and I'd do a fuck ton of damage. Because, guess what? Lasers still hurt! I know, it's like, you can still <laughs> shoot a Jedi. Like, it's... You yeah. can. Like, you know, it, there's... there's I know there's that, that scene of, like, Vader in Empire, you know, Han goes at him, and, and he just blocks it with his glove, and that That's is a, super badass, but... It's a really cool like, scene. Yeah, everything about that scene is absolutely badass. The fact that, like, the doors open, everybody else is like, <gasps> and Han's just oh, like, oh, oh my god! Shit. Han shot first. masterpiece. Um, but, like, in, in, a, in an RPG system, the odds of someone having that, like, Unless your GM's being an asshole. The odds of someone having that, like, hand ability is very, like, it's a high-level thing if it even exists at all. Um, plus, you're still in combat with someone else. Like, your your attention's diverted. I don't know. Long story short, <clears throat> I feel like it's a lot easier. I, I feel like people get, like, cold feet around it. They're like, well, I, I don't really want to plan for, you know, how how my Wookiee with his bowcaster is going to just... Well, how is he going to fight that man with his double-edged sabers? There's two of them. And when he pushes his hand at me, I go flying across the room. Who, is that, is that like a Wookiee's internal monologue? They all that talk like that. Oh, yeah. I like that's, that. That's, that's what she just like fucking, like, Louisiana trappers. Like. <laughs> or, or fucking, uh, Bobby. <laughs> Born on Kashyyyk. <laughs> So, man, now I want to do that. That's going to be a good game. Fucking cruising around the Kashyyyk bayous as Wookiees. As Wookiees. <laughs> Shit. You all speak, uh, fuck, what's the language uh, called? Uh, not Wookiees. Uh, Shri Wook. Shri Wook. Shri Wook. I'm talking about, like, non-Jedi fighting, or non-Force sensitives fighting those that are, like, fully versed in the Force. Just a tangent that I've always wondered. I understand why the Jedi don't do this. I do not understand why the Sith don't do this. Use fucking guns. <laughs> one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite builds for Kotor. Was uh, Jedi Gun Mage Kotor. Kotor. Uh, where it's literally just like I'd never invested any points in melee, and I was super good using guns, but I had a fuck ton of force powers. So I'd just be running around, be like. And like force lightning, people. actually terrifying. Um, and it was pretty effective. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's yeah. an honest critique. Why aren't you a Jedi gun mage? Oh, Kyle. specifically? Oh, or Kyle. You. Okay, so, so you looked at me very big eyed, and I was like, because I don't know what that is. Um, up until now, I hadn't even considered Jedi gun idea. mage. <laughs> I'm probably mispronouncing that, but uh, I totally stole the idea online. People are like. What if? What was it? What's how's it pronounced? Kyle Gunmage? No, no. Like the 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 name of the build. I'm not sure if it's Gun Mage. Oh, oh. But it's Jedi Gun something. Huh. <laughs> Jedi Gun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a fair point. And like, I think it'd be cool to have an enemy mm-hmm. that's a Sith that that is <clears throat> fully realized. You know, not just like Force sensitive, but like uses the Force, but also just like. Has a blaster. Dude, that would be a great villain for the, like, Corsac detectives going down into the fucking Undercity yeah. game. Have, like, a Sith that's yeah, it's hiding a Sith behind gunslinger. the... Yeah. your expectations. We're all Ryan Johnson. 
I guess let's talk a little bit, we've been talking about rules, so let's talk a little bit about the rules that exist. Uh, there is Sega Edition, <laughs> which is a podcast joke. Um, so there have been a few systems that have come out, officially system, officially licensed systems for Star Wars. Um, originally there was, <clears throat> East End Games had a system that was based on D6, Wizards of the Coast, um, about the time that, while well, in the midst of the prequel trilogy coming out, they released um, D20, um, Star Wars, or core Star Wars, and then after the trilogy, uh, or the prequel trilogy concluded, they revised their core rules. Then they came out with Saga Edition that came out just before D&D 4th Edition, was kind of a hybrid between the D20 system and what became the 4th Edition D&D rule set, and then about... I don't know, like, oh, not 02. Um, about, about 2012, I want to say, 2012, 13, Fantasy Flight out. Games came out with their Edge of Empire series. I've played the, the ones published by Wizards of the Coast. I've played each edition. Um, how have any of you played any of the others? I know. I've played, uh, everything but the original, I'm pretty sure, because I did do a test run of Edge of Empire. Mm-hmm. I hate that dice system. It's just, Use just use why make specialty dice? It's mm-hmm. it's such a fucking corporate cop out. Like, anyway. now is this the system that my the, the book that my mom gave you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless Mrs. Richner. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and 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 I like she, she some of the. Hmm? She listens to these. Well, and and I appreciate the mm-hmm. gift. I just I just uh, want to clarify. Well, and but it was it wasn't. I actually never. I have not had a chance to use the book too much because I don't have the dice, but. Um, there was, at a game store when I was younger, they did a test run of this system with the dice. Um, and some of the ideas are pretty cool, you know? Like, uh, the way they handle force is interesting, but, again, it's that dice, just, it's a, it's a hold up, you know? And so, I, I, I will make the bold statement of, don't use it. <laughs> Especially because if you're just looking to play with friends, and your friends have any sort of experience with D&D, you're going to have a D20 or you're going to have a D6. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. not going to have these specialty dice, dice that, that where you either order them online or you have to go to a game store to get them. <clears throat> you know? And you have to read and learn how to interpret what you're rolling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a big barrier for me. It's enough just having to learn a new rule system, but on top of that, learning how to um, learning how to divine what the meanings of these dice mean. Some kind of fucking soothsayer. It's like entrails <laughs> on the, the guts, table. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, come on, every D&D group has, like, one person that's kind of Wicca. That put them in charge of it. They'll run the game the right way. Um, What was the system you used for that one shot? Uh, That we was played we, played, we played two Star Wars games. We did? Didn't we do two different one shots? Jordan ran one. Jordan ran. I've been, oh, that is right. I've been in two Star Wars games. Who knew? Anyway, what system did you use? I used Saga. Okay. Jordan used Revised. Okay. That's the PDF. Those those things mean very little to me, but... (laughs) They're they're not... Are they super different, would you say? Between Saga and Revised? Mm -hmm. Um, They're not super different. Um, You could could get by on only knowing the Revised rules... (laughs) And being able to play Saga Edition, hmm. it's a lot more of minutia. Interesting. Well, yeah, I still need to finish that. I still need to do that second part of that one shot. Sequel, sequel, uh, sequel. Bring back I can't remember my character's name and Sadu Harabufu. 
Yeah, honestly, you know, forget your actual name. The the character that has survived <laughs> that one shot the most has been uh, Mr. Sidhu Harbifu. I named mine after the Twi'lek name that doesn't get used anymore because it has it has like dark connotations. That's funny. I don't remember what it was though. It meant um, like it meant like dark. I can look it up right now. I meant like darkness. I want to say your character's name was like Ash. It was something like that. I um, that character was based on a character that I played in a separate um, one shot that the youngling one. Yeah. yeah, but no. Um, I guess the only thing I would say about that is just roll with it and have fun. I don't know. I mean, that's really generic advice, but like, I was able to get by in that one shot without really knowing the rules super intensively, mm-hmm. and so I think that's that's a good sign for for Saga Revised. I do think, well, with my experience, the game systems that I have played, they have emulated what Star Wars is pretty mm-hmm. well. I haven't been disappointed. I haven't seen anything that's like, what in the hell is that doing in a Star Wars game? Yeah, uh, the, and I, I, mean, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I love the fate mechanic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, it was kind of goofy in the one shot, and I think it's supposed to be much more, like, drawn out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think it's... I think that's a really cool part because that is Star Wars. Star Wars is a lot of like fate and fighting fate and stuff. I found it. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it's Ovasu. It it it, mean, it used to mean shadow, but now ne- means emptiness, referring to the void between stars. It's no longer given to Twi'lek females. Oh, a name given to Twi'lek females because it's bad luck. No. <laughs> All right. So to kind of wrap up our conversation about Star Wars, we've talked about what material we see we think of when we think of star wars what is star wars in our mind if somehow you were going to play a game and one of the players had no idea what star wars was where would you point them and don't say i would make them watch three movies (laughs) i would hand them my paperback copy of the courtship of princess leia It's well used. It's, it's dog-eared, but God, it's got sticky, it where it counts. Sticky, yeah. Um, um, hmm. If someone had never heard of Star Wars, that's weird. Would you point them to a movie that came out forty years ago? Because most likely, if it's somebody who has never really encountered Star Wars, they're going to be pretty young. Well, do, do they have? Um, do they have? Uh, rather, how much time do they have to be explained at? Before the game begins. Oh, no! How much prep time do we have? Yeah, no. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, What's our parameters here? (laughs) This is just... You need to point them at one thing that is, in your mind, Star Wars. For them to consume. Not you just spouting out what Star Wars is. Something for them to either read or watch or a game for them to play for a couple of hours or comic books to read, what would you say, what would you recommend somebody who was not familiar with Star Wars to get that base-level familiarity? And you said we can't just have them sit down and watch three movies? I would... You gotta pick one. One! Uh, I personally would um, have them play for, like, you know, however long they have, like, during the week leading up to the game. Um, I would have them play... The MMO, uh, the Old Republic with me. Like, I'd jump in, I'd run, I'm, I, I'm not that familiar with it, but it feels very Star Wars, at least it, I remember it feeling Hell very Star yeah. Wars. And, and I would have them play through that with me, take them through some missions, uh, have them pick a, a class they like, and, and if they don't like that one, they could roll another, and maybe that would help them pick a character for the game as well. Hell, you could even use your, I like that, because you could even use your character from the MMO, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
I definitely have like like if I were going to show them a movie, I would show them four. Yeah. Because that is like for me the quintessential like Star Wars experience. Anything you need to see from that, you can get. Um, oddly enough, I think <clears throat> I might have them play Forced Unleashed if I had to use a video game. Hmm. Because narratively, I feel like that storyline ha- is is a pretty... Like, continuity stuff aside, like it's a pretty like classic Star Wars story. You have this person who is raised for evil, rejects that, falls in love, becomes good. And like you have that sort of... I mean, spoilers, I guess, but you have that tragic sacrifice at the end. Um, I have no idea what the fuck book I would recommend. It would totally depend on what, like, setting or genre of game. Outside of the movies, like, I feel like if I had to pick a movie, it would be actually six. Okay. Like yeah. Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Well, because yeah, the, the ending is just very, like... Got all the Ewoks dancing does, around, and, I, uh, and the okay, Empire okay, fell. Well, I li- okay. No, I like that yeah. a lot. <laughs> Christensen standing there at the end. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I just I just think that movie has um, a lot of what people would need for like the feel of a Star Wars game, but like the comics. You get to like hear the... James Earl Jones go, No! Which is very, that's just enjoyable in general. But the, the comics you're talking about, because like, I remember reading some of those, yeah. and they, they, while not like the Star Wars that like the general public is... Um, like like associates with Star Wars, mm-hmm. it, it does just just have the the vibe, the feel of like, like a Star Wars game, right? God, what I I'm the Legacy comics, right? That's what they're called. Uh, well, those are set like again, far future. But those are the ones I'm talking about but, because yeah. I love them. Like they're good, uh, and you definitely have a lot of like parallels and, and stuff in there. I just don't know what book. <laughs> like there's. Courtship Princess Leia, I guess. Just what you gotta <laughs> from a certain point of view. Hell yeah. From a certain point of view. Could you imagine handing them just here's here's a collection of short stories <clears throat> in a universe that you maybe have never heard of before. Let's go. The trash compactor is force sensitive. The trash compactor monster is force sensitive. What does that mean? Right? <laughs> no no goddamn sense. Um I think I love that short story. I'll fucking I think defend it to my dad. maybe the book that I might pick is Shadows of the Empire, which is set between five and six, and is like, you know, uh, introduces like Prince Zizor, uh, a bunch of other things are going on in there, but but it is like, it introduces you to all, minus Han, I guess that's the only deficit because he's he's frozen in carbonite, <laughs> but like you, you get character development for Luke, Leia, Lando, um... It's it it introduces you to the titular characters, you know, and it kind of talks about the themes. Mm-hmm. Now, the downside about that too, again, is no Han, and like it's it's kind of a dark book because it, again, it's set in that dark period of like Han's gone, rebellion's kind of like on the run, you know. It's it's a bittersweet kind of book, so maybe that wouldn't be the best example. No, I, I I don't know. I think it was an interesting choice because I'm trying to think of like good. what describes a like. Like, what is a Star Wars book in a nutshell? You know? Like, like what explores all the main... Like, what hits all... What hit, what trips all the triggers? You know? And, like, I'm struggling... Novelization to... of Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which I own in hardcover. I owned, uh, I owned yeah. a hardcover of Episode 3's novelization. <laughs> which is very interesting. Well, I should just get Episode 1 hardcover. Yeah, we'll have the complete... It's like a trifecta. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll have an answer to that, but it's not now. <laughs> KP, I really liked your idea of like playing the MMO. Mm-hmm. I I think that's probably the best one that I have heard. 
You heard it here first, folks. All of my opinions are the best, and everything I've said here today is factually accurate. Completely valid. No. I specifically said that one. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. That idea. <laughs> Thank you, Clayton. <laughs> that is a good one. No, because I and like I was saying, I like that idea that like if they're if they're nude RPGs too, right? Mm-hmm. They could just they've already kind of fleshed out this character throughout the course of of the missions. They know what to do. Can, can I just say that? Doing this podcast now makes me both want to play that MMO, mm-hmm. but also it makes me want to run or play in a Star Wars RPG. I would love if like for of real. did a Star Wars one-shot against sequel, sequel, sequel. <laughs> I loved that game. I think it was maybe my favorite one-shot we've ever done. Wow. Cool. I'll do one one day. Do we want to move on to geek things? <laughs> oh, I had a geek thing, but I can't remember what it is. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. Yeah, I'm, I've, my, I've been culturally, uh, oh, I got movies. <laughs> uh, I, I got movies. I got I'm movies. I, trunk of my car. <laughs> that's a, that's always a fallback option for me. Uh, I watched, uh, Outlaw King recently mm-hmm. on Netflix. It was, I liked it. Um, it's certainly, I mean, I don't really know enough about Robert the Bruce to say if it was historically accurate, despite oh. that conversation I was having earlier this week. But, um, I forgot. Yeah. But no, it's it's a really cool movie. Like it's it's some really cool combat. I love. There's like a fight in the mud that's brutal and like very realistic. Um, and whether or not it's true, Robert as a character is very likable. Mm-hmm. He's a very like good leader. I don't know. Just a just a. It's a good. It's not a good feels film because it is very mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. But like, it's it, it's it sweeps you off your feet. Mm-hmm. Well, it has what I'm looking for in movies, which is realistic mud fights. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Rogue One didn't have <laughs> realistic mud fights. Did it have mud fights? Sort of. They were on a beach, I guess, with water there, so maybe there was some mud really somewhere. Mud. Um, Solo had a more had a realistic mud fight, which is maybe why I like. Oh, I still have not seen Solo. Solo. Um, but anyway, Sorry, yeah, Outlaw King was pretty good, and there's also another really good movie on Netflix right now called Hostels with Christian Bale, and it's a western. Um, it's about a Indian fighter. Uh, who has to escort a Cheyenne chief to his homelands. Uh, huh. And it's just a very, like, interesting film. I don't know. That's all I got. Check him out. Um, should we take a moment for Stan Lee? Yeah. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah, we'll take a few moments of silence for Stan Lee. Excelsior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear he did his cameos. He's got oh, yeah. Yeah. a mm-hmm. couple more coming down the pipeline. Last year he did, like, for the next three, like for the next like two full years of Marvel movies. Wow. Huh. Well, that's gonna be a that'll be bittersweet. Yeah. yeah. But at least he's there. Hey, and happier news: January 2019, Ace Combat Seven: Skies Unknown's coming out. Does it really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited about. Can that. you take it all away? This pain you've given to me. Uh, yeah. Ace Combat Seven. It's a great fun series. Anti-war. Lots of planes blowing shit up. Is it anti-war? Most of them. Okay. Yeah, well, like, I legitimately. Just, legitimately curious. I mean, it, it's a little weird because you are flying around in a plane blowing stuff up, but, like, the, the stories presented and, like, the way the characters talk and act are, are all, like, very, you know, like, what are we doing is wrong! And, Except you know. for that one, though. Oh, there is that, there's, uh, what is it, Assault Horizon, I think it's called, that's, like, just fucking the final act of the game is push X to fist pump. Yikes. Ugh. But yeah, Ace Combat 7 looks really cool. Better than Press F to pay respect. <laughs> press F to pay respect is my favorite thing in the entire world, so... Um, I've got a update on 
what I said um, a couple of episodes ago about the Savage Worlds Adventure Edition Kickstarter. It has ended. Um, it earned $524,000. So it definitely got funded. Nice. I'm very happy about that. I'll be getting the... Um, I got the deluxe collector's thing, so I'll be getting two copies of the books. One of them will be a collector's edition, leather-bound. Fancy. I've also got um, a podcast that I've been listening to quite a bit. Um, I've blown through the first probably about half of it. Um, Sunday School Dropouts, in which an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time, so you don't have to. Oh, I heard about this. Hmm. I don't know if you mentioned it to me or somebody else did, but that sounds amazing. I feel like I've been recently listening to the exact uh, flip of that, which has been History of the Christian Church by an evangelical <laughs> preacher. Uh, Lance Rolson, I think is his name. I don't know. It, he, he's, he does a good job of just telling like the early church history and like hmm. the doctrinal issues, you know, that, that de- definitely emerged and that people were taking very, very seriously. So like, I, I, I really want to listen to that now. That sounds yeah, pretty cool. It's really good. Um, well, the podcast I've been listening to lately is called The Worst Idea of All Time. It has nothing to do with Christianity. Uh, these, so just why even bother talking well, about it, really? Two, these two dudes, every year they pick a movie and they watch it once a week <clears throat> for the entire year. And they do a podcast about it. Jesus. And it's delightful. I can't remember what this year's So is it a, it's a yearly podcast? No, 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 no. They release an episode every each week, week, every time oh they watch it. Oh my god. It. How do you not run out of content? They really don't! <laughs> They're very um, funny. There's a podcast that is it's pretty new. No one really knows about it. It's called The Adventure Zone. Um, oh, probably, is that a... Uh, yeah, it. what is that? Can you tell me more about um, it? Well, there are these, I don't like that you get to talk about my favorite thing. There are these dudes from West Virginia that are totally... Oh, they're, really? they're unknown independent creators. No one's ever heard of them. They're from um, WV. Yeah, huh? they're called the McElroys. Uh, Jesus! <laughs> like the golfer. Like Rory... Uh, no! McElroy. Well, no, no, it's pronounced, it's pronounced um, McElroy. Oh. Mikel Roy. Oh, it's you, like French. You, you don't get to become the token, the Adventure Zone fan. I'm just making fun of you. <laughs> I do That's like the show, me. though. It's, it's a good show. <laughs> I have heard him listening to it recently. Because yeah, I asked they him don't, to. They don't need plugged, though. They're fucking loaded. They're wealthy bastards. They're releasing uh, the second ad- uh, the, the second um, um, installment of their graphic novel, which is the graphic novelization of the Adventure Zone. I, that's <laughs> so dumb. I hate them. For their success. <laughs> I'm so proud of the boys. Um, I have one additional one. I was asked to uh, to provide this as a geek thing. Um, a YouTube series called Damsels, Dice, and Everything Nice. Um, there's a uh, trailer on YouTube. I'm not sure if it'll be out by the time that this drops. Um, like the actual series starts. I'm not sure when it starts. But um, basically it is... Disney princesses sitting around a gaming table playing a game, playing hmm. a role, playing D and D. Interesting. Damsels, dice, and, and everything, everything nice. nice. I'm surprised Disney hasn't pulled it. Or are they like parodies? Kind of. They're kind of parodies of the interesting different princesses. Daryl. It's very obvious who they're <clears throat> dressed as. Ah, <laughs> yes, my favorite princess, Linderella. Smeriel. Smeriel. Smeagol. Smeagol's my favorite Disney princess. <laughs> All right, guys, what do you say we stop this bullshit and start rolling some dice? This has been a production of Alien Familiar Media. You can find past episodes and more at alienfamiliar.com. 
You can email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. This production is protected under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution, no derivatives license. Music for this episode is Suburban Outlaw by Forget the Whale and can be found at freemusicarchive.org.